0: voice of change with me Lauren Jacobs here on Radio Kate Pulpit. Welcome to today's show and I hope that you are having a fantastic, fantastic day today. I hope that it's been blessed. It feels like spring could be in the air but I know that, you know what, let's not get too hopeful. There's a little bit of weird weather hitting us and coming our way but I hope that you are nonetheless having a wonderful week, a wonderful Thursday and I'm really, really looking forward to the show. You know, last year during COVID, it was, it became so apparent and it was really, really important to many of us you know, the situation with the homeless, what was going on with the homeless, the shelters that were set up for them. We know a lot that the media was covering the camps that were set up for the homeless. And we know that that became very much a center of our attention. A lot of people were sharing a lot on social media, a lot in in newspapers and things were happening. We were, you know, really turning our attention to the homeless, the plight of the homeless, the reality of how COVID was and would and could potentially affect the homeless. But today on the show, I really want us to get into you know one aspect of homelessness and that is a life on the streets for homeless women and also looking at now how has COVID really really impacted the lives of homeless women and today on the show I'm really going to be you know zoning in on homeless women simply because you know that is a topic that we need to talk about. We need to talk about the plight of homeless women, the life for a homeless woman. Maybe some of you know how deep that life is. You know, the daily challenges, the struggles that are faced. And maybe some of you want to just learn more. And I'm joined by an incredible guest who is the co-founder of the Rare Tusana Foundation. Now, the Rare Tusana Foundation is based in Musenburg and it is really, really focused on helping homeless women. And you will hear a lot about this on the show today because I'm joined by Caitlin Sebatsana. Like I said, Co founder of the Red Tusana Foundation. She's also a missionary, currently studying psychology and counseling. And she actually manages the U Turn Service Center in musenberg that helps with the homeless. I've been there really, really quickly for quick drop offs, donations. They accept donations as well. And I can honestly say what U Turn are doing is incredible. And what Katen and her husband, Phineas Sebatsana, are doing together with Raya Tusana is absolutely incredible and Caitlin is really going to be joining me to talk about the life of homeless women what is it like on the streets and again how has COVID impacted the lives of homeless women and also you know we need to be confronting the reality that more people are actually being pushed out onto the street because of the way that things have gone during the last 18 months. So I want to talk about that and also is going to be sharing with us about what homeless people really do need, and it's not always what we think. So it's going to be a great show today. I'm so excited to have Caitlin with me. I'm excited to have you with me. So stick around for the next hour. It's going to be a great one. Enjoy some music, and Caitlin is with me after this. Caitlin, I'm so excited to have you on Voice of Change today. I know that we're going to be having such an important conversation that's going to be much needed, and I know it's going to be not only, you know, informative, but it's going to be a really, really great you know, just interview where we talk about homelessness and we talk about something that people need to really think a lot about often. So thank you for being with us, with me on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Lauren. It's an absolute pleasure. So happy to be here.
0: You know, it's... It's been so interesting to watch, you know, when we have conversations about the homeless, because we know when lockdown level five happened, you know, there was a lot of media coverage. There was a lot of conversation about, you know, the tents that were set up and the areas where they were placing the homeless. But again, as you know, the media kind of moves on, as the public eye kind of moves on to something else, we don't talk a lot about the the homeless. And today we want to talk about, you know, homeless women. And before we get into that a bit deeper, you are the co-founder of the Raya Tusano Foundation. And I'd love for you to tell us firstly, you know, a bit about the foundation, your work with the homeless yourself, you know, what is this foundation all about?
1: Yeah, for sure. So... I I really started working with the homeless back in 2018. It was my first time being here in Cape Town. I was dating my now husband and my eyes were opened to the severity of the issue surrounding homelessness in Cape Town. And I was just heartbroken and really torn apart by what I saw. And I couldn't I couldn't just sit idly by. and just ignore what I was seeing in front of me. So really there was just the passion and the stirring to really engage with these guys, to work with them one-on-one and see how we could help. We didn't have any fixed idea of what it was that we were supposed to be doing and what we even could do. We just knew that we wanted to get involved and that kind of transformed. And as our relationships with, The specific guys that we were working with grew. We really saw it take shape. And then lockdown happened last year with the pandemic and everything Mm. that was going on. And things were really thrown into motion. We saw a huge gap when it came to accommodation. Of course, right before lockdown was implemented, everybody was rushing into shelters. Mm. And we saw a huge gap with women finding shelter space there was of course the city solution for a short time with the the camp in strandfontein and then that ended quite quickly actually and everyone was again back out on the street with no place to go and the women specifically were i think having the hardest time because during that time gender-based violence abuse things worsened because of the severity of everyone's situation So we really felt that we should be working with the women specifically. So last year during lockdown, we ran a temporary microsite is what we call it, Mm -hmm. a kind of smaller shelter for the women for three months. We ran that during June, July and August, so it was when we were on hard lockdown, it was in. the heart of the winter Hmm. and during that time we really felt God was just kind of growing our passion to work with the ladies because we really saw how transformative a a space like what we ran last year how how powerful that could be Hmm. and it wasn't necessarily a shelter it was a home we we really felt like we were at home with those ladies and we want to see that again so our our passion, our calling, our vision is really to create home for ladies who have experienced homelessness and abuse and addiction and create a safe, homely space where they can be rehabilitated. And then beyond just rehabilitation, we, we really want to see restoration and wholeness mm-hmm. and a holistic approach to helping mm-hmm. them walk a journey from homelessness and addiction and abuse a stable independence, to really see their dignity restored through skills training, through whatever it may be that they need, but just to create that space that's conducive for them to take that step to begin that journey.
0: Wow. This is so incredible. And the work that you guys do is so incredible. I know because I've been following on social media and saw the posts from last year as well, you know, at this microsite and what was happening and how the women were and how they were being served and, you know, just their own journeys. And it's so incredible. One of the things, you know, that people always say is that ultimately should, you know, homeless women, be restored to their families? You know, should they be reconciled to their families? Should they get back with their families? That seems like quite a complex question because maybe sometimes the families are, are not, not such good places. But is that ultimately a big thing about working with homeless people? Is there that side of, of them wanting to be restored to their families or needing to be? Or is it quite a complex situation?
1: It is quite complex, and it is dependent upon each individual. Mm. A lot of these women, they they do have a desire to be reunited and reconciled with their families. A lot of them have children mm. and really desire to be reunited with their children. But like you said, it is quite complex. There are lots of other things to be considered. What I have seen is that a lot of women are on the street because of abuse that they faced in the home. Mm. So to them, the street was a better place to be than the environment that they found themselves in at home. So you do have to consider those things when working through family reconciliation, really what's best for the woman and what she wants. If she wants reconciliation, and she's willing to work towards that, then by all means, we dig in and we mm. help that happened, but if she thinks that the abuse was too severe and that being back in that space would just be too traumatic for her again and she can't handle that then we work with her to find a different solution it it is a thing that weighs very heavy on the majority of women is their family their children and what that looks like moving forwards it is something that we have to be careful with and not rush into because Mm. pain and hurt and trauma it takes time to heal, and there's pain and hurt and trauma on both sides, both for the ladies experiencing homelessness and for the families as well. Mm. So it is a complex, difficult mm. issue, but one that we are definitely there to stand behind and support the ladies and the decisions that they make.
0: Mm, Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Also, because, you know, a lot of times people who don't work with the homeless have a specific understanding and just think, oh, well, you know, just get them back with their families or just that or just that. Not so. It is, like you said, complex and it is a person by person case, I think, you know, what was happening. And I think that people need to realize there are reasons why people land up on the street. It's not just simple, you know, there are so many different avenues and areas. And I wanted to actually ask you, what does day-to-day life look like for women on the street? You know, we we drive past people and we like, okay, they're homeless, they're standing there or, you know, there's someone with a sign. But for women specifically who are homeless, the situation looks very, very specific. What does that look like, you know? Are are more people as well, you know, landing up on the street now due to unemployment, the reality we've had with COVID, the way it has affected our lives, the economy, you know, people losing their jobs. So that's kind of, I guess, two questions. What does life look like? And actually are more people having to go to the street now because of, you know, different situations over the last year and a half?
1: I have definitely seen an influx of people onto the street because of, COVID because of losing jobs, losing housing. Um, I had definitely seen that. We've seen quite a number of families being on the street now because of COVID-19. And it really is a huge problem. And it's one that I expect to get consistently worse over even probably the next few years as the consequences of lockdown and everything that that meant really continue to just kind of make themselves, make those those consequences known. So it is definitely something that we're seeing a lot of people mm. in these these types of situations. But in terms of the, the kind of day-to-day life of a woman on the street, that also is a rather complex thing. It depends on the woman. It depends on the area where she's staying. Um, it depends on kind of her situation, but these women, are very much living in survival mode. Mm. They are focused on the immediate, meeting their immediate needs. There's no really looking ahead or planning for the future. There's not really considering anything beyond the immediate what is directly in front of them? Where is my next meal going to come from? Am I safe to lay my head down tonight? So it is very much just a a focus on making sure I'm okay now. Mm-hmm. A lot of women will, like me see, standing by robots asking for donations, maybe parking cars, maybe trying to do some recycling or some kind of small work that helps feed them, get them through whatever it is that they're facing at the present. So like I said, it is complex. It is depending on where they are but it is a huge struggle and you begin to see that as they're focusing so much on their immediate need, they start to kind of almost neglect themselves. They're so, mm-hmm. they're focused so much on, I need to eat. I need a I need to be under a covering. They kind of neglect their, their, their self, their dignity, their, the way they present themselves, the way they carry themselves. It, it becomes this like heaviness of, the burden of survival, and you can really see that in them physically the heaviness that they're under. of Just I have to survive, I have to survive. And yeah, it is mm-hmm. <laughs> the life, of, the day in the life of a homeless woman is one that I wish more people would really seek to understand because when you see the struggle, when you see how hard they are actually working just to survive, not hmm. it, it, really, it will break your heart and it will change the way you view them. They're not just the person standing at the robots. They're a person fighting to stay alive.
0: Hmm.
1: It, just, it changes the way you see them.
0: Hmm. And I understand that sometimes it's actually quite dangerous for women on the street. I've heard of a lot of harassment and sexual assault happens as well. And that's something that we don't actually think about a lot.
1: It, it is a huge problem and it's it's one that we don't want to think about you know it's not easy to think about it it's not mm. pleasant to think about but it is an enormous reality I don't really have statistics or facts to back up mm. what I'm what I'm thinking right now but I would say that 75 percent if not more of women staying on the street have, been physically abused sexually mm. abused they are definitely facing an immense amount of abuse and trauma
0: mm.
1: and so that all plays into that that survival mindset
0: mm. and I think that that's why what you were talking about earlier on you know about having that micro site you know for those three months I'm sure that that was something that's you know, is like having a home, even if it's temporary, and then you can start to focus on, like you said, the dignity and you can start to restore self-worth and different things. You're not actually in that survival mode. And this is why it's so actually important to have shelters for homeless women, like proper shelters, proper, proper places where people understand homelessness and have a heart for the homeless. And I think that that is something that we really need to think about, you know, it's not just the government's responsibility, it is people's responsibility, especially as the body of Christ, a huge responsibility. Many people have buildings and have places that they can be converting into these shelters to be helping. And I think that that must be quite interesting just to witness that transformation when these women actually have a place that, like you referred to it earlier on, a home. You know, that, that just changes everything.
1: It does. It does. I definitely value mm. the word home above shelter. Shelter kind of has this like connotation to it, almost of just like mm. whatever the minimum requirement is to put a roof over someone's head. Mm. And there are shelters around the city and they do mm. amazing work and they are necessary. But from what I've experienced in working with those experiencing homelessness and with these ladies specifically, is that a smaller group in a home-like setting is far more effective Mm -hmm. in the rehabilitation and recovery process than a shelter. Shelters can also be quite traumatic spaces, quite challenging spaces, and even though there is, yes, a a roof over someone's head, they still are in a defensive, protective survival mode because of just the state of a lot of these shelters and and how hard it is to take that many people from the street and keep them within this structure. Mm-hmm. So shelters serve a necessary role, but I am a firm believer that a home is much more effective. And and you do see the transformation when you bring them into a space. And it's slow, it's gradual, it takes time, but you see how they go from uncomfortable and unsure to This is my home. This Mm -hmm. is my space. This is my family, my community. And they take ownership of that and they start playing an active role in contributing to the atmosphere of that home. And they, as, as women like that want to be homemakers that want to, you know, function in that role, they really do latch onto that, take hold of it and it becomes an amazing source of dignity
0: and pride for them. Mm. Wow, that's so beautiful. You know, just what you were actually sharing, just what you were actually explaining, defining for us is so beautiful. And you know what? We're going to continue to have this conversation. We don't want you, our listener, to go anywhere. We're going to take a quick song break, enjoy some music. And when we get back, Caitlin's going to be sharing more with us. She's not going anywhere. So don't you go anywhere. We'll see you after this. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today. And I'm joined by Caitlin, who's sharing with us, about life for women who are living on the streets, homeless women, you know, specifically the women. We're going to be talking about that, you know, throughout the show today. We know men and women and there's children living on the street, but we want to focus so much on this area of, you know, just really getting into what women on the street are facing. Now, Kate I know you've been working among the homeless people for quite some time. And I would love to know from you, you know, as someone who has this experience and will probably work with the homeless for so many decades, you know, what have you really learned about homelessness? I know you spoke about earlier on, you know, coming to South Africa and then being faced with the homeless in Cape Town and just how your heart broke and how that need and that want and desire, that calling from God to, you know, step in and do something. I'm sure that, you know, if you look back at yourself when you arrived and were first exposed to homelessness to what you know now and understand now, it's probably so different. And I think I'd love to know from you what you've actually learned about, you know, homeless people and homelessness in, in and of itself. Because a lot of people will never really understand that because they don't work with homeless people and they've never been on the street. So what have you learned over this time period that has been such life-changing or defining moments for you?
1: Yeah, so what I've learned, hey, I think really the biggest breakthrough I had was that I actually know nothing
0: hmm. when
1: it comes to the homeless. When I first came over here, when I first started working with those experiencing homelessness, I thought I knew what they needed. You know, I thought I can, if I can give them a meal, if I can find space in a shelter for them, if I can give them a blanket or a sleeping bag or a change of clothes, some toiletries, that that's what they needed. That's what they wanted. And I very quickly realized that, I actually don't know Mm. (laughs) what I'm doing. I need to humble myself to the point of asking rather than simply assuming I know what they want or what they need. So I started asking that question in any encounter I had with someone experiencing homelessness. I asked them, what do you need? What is it Mm. that you want? And I asked specifically with the women that we were working with, "What, what is it that you want? What do you need? And the resounding answer across the board was, I want connection. Wow. I want community. I want relationship. I want acceptance. I thought they just needed the basics, but Mm. it is so deeper. It is so much beyond that. There have been studies, research, done. I watched a TED Talk recently about how the opposite of addiction is not, sorry, yes, the opposite of addiction is not actually sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And for a lot of these ladies who are experiencing homelessness and everything that goes along with that, what they want, the core of what they want is connection. Hmm. And they are deprived of that on a regular basis. I have been guilty of it in the past walking down the street, passing someone who's sitting on the sidewalk, sitting on the side of the street that is experiencing homelessness, and I avoid eye contact. Hmm. Because I don't really know what to do in that situation. I don't know how to engage. I might be fearful about the encounter that would proceed if I made eye contact and what that situation would look like. But in doing that, in turning away in choosing to refuse to see that person I'm depriving them of the very thing that they need. So what I have learned, the most significant thing that I have learned in working with these ladies and working with these people is to see them and to be willing to make that connection. It may not look the way I think it -hmm. should look. The outcome may not be what I think it should be. But what they need is connection. They need people to see them, Mm
0: to really see them. Hmm. that is so true, what you bring up there it's there's a sense of awkwardness that we sometimes feel when we see homeless people or we see people you know standing at the robot with a sign. I don't know what it is about about you know this hum- humanness. It's like you kind of see a homeless person, and I know so many people have said this that. I'm not gonna make eye contact or I don't make eye contact and I feel awkward. And it's so weird how we feel awkward in that moment, you know. This is just another human being. Yes, they're asking for money or they have a sign or they but there's a sense of awkwardness and there's a sense of I don't really wanna engage. Like you said, you know, what is what is this gonna encounter gonna be to me? You know, what are they gonna expect or what is it gonna lead to? And it's it's such a challenge, I think, for us, you know, that how do we respond? How do we react? What What is our responsibility? And I think that that's so powerful connection because, it's again, it's definitely, like you said, not something that people would think about. They would probably think, oh, this person needs food or money or shelter. So this is actually quite a deep lesson that you're sharing with us today. And I'd love to know from you, like we said earlier on, you have been working on the streets for quite some time. And I would love to know, have there been specific woman and their stories that have really impacted you and maybe some stories where you've seen lives really change a woman getting off the street could you share some of those with us
1: yes I, I definitely could i'm thinking of one specific lady that we've been working with now for a few years who was homeless since she was about nine years old she was orphaned she was placed into the foster care system, and she was then placed with a abusive family, an abusive mm. family, foster family, and she and her brother both ran from that foster family to the street. They kind of jumped from place to place and then landed up in one specific area where they kind of set up home, where they really just kind of stuck and were on the street for years and years right like 15 20 years on the street and Mm -hmm. i met this woman in 2018 when i was first over here and in my first encounters with her she wanted nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. she would see me coming and turn around and run in the opposite direction i would watch her literally turn and run away from me she wanted nothing to do with me but I was persistent I was consistent and those those two things I think are key when it comes to working with people experiencing homelessness is Mm -hmm. persistency and consistency you keep showing up and you keep doing the same thing so I kept showing up I kept greeting her even though she would run away (laughs) from me and it took about a year and a half before she finally started to open up And then when she did, I discovered this incredible, beautiful, powerful woman who has a story that would break anyone's heart, but is refusing to let that keep her down. Mm -hmm. So we worked with her individually. She was part of our microsite that we ran last year during lockdown. And I watched her go from a timid, fearful woman to a woman who knew what she wanted Mm -hmm. and was willing to work for it. So she is now sober. She is off of the street. We have helped reunite her with her actual biological family that Mm -hmm. she had not seen since she was maybe three or four. And she is passionate about animals. She loves dogs. So we have helped her start volunteering at the SPCA. And she Mm -hmm. has just kind of fallen in love with this, this position where she's volunteering She is feeling closer and more connected to her family. And she has just, she is no longer that woman who saw me coming and would run Mm -hmm. away. There is a deep connection there. Now I'm so proud of her and really just to hear her story, where she came from, how she literally lost her family. And then decades later, she is back with her family and she's doing something that she is so very passionate about. Is, is just a wonderful thing to have got to witness and be a part of.
0: Mm. Wow, that's so incredible. And I remember you guys actually sharing a picture of her um, a couple of months ago um, and how much she was loving the animals. And that's so special. That is so powerful. I I think that that, that, is, that is amazing. And it's also, like you said, that consistency and persistence. I mean, a year and a half is a long time to be greeting someone and saying hi and they're just not responding to you <laughs> I think that that's that's like another degree of patience and love that you know you need and I was also thinking you know a lot of times people want to immediately you know I think I, I really want to say this with a lot of like sensitivity for people who are listening as well but I think a lot of times people want to just take spirituality or you know the the preaching part of of the gospel to people who are homeless you know instead of building relationships and connection is Is that something that, you know, like if people just go and they just want to, you know, preach to everybody on the street, these are people who have had these intense lives and this brokenness and like you said, trauma as well. Can that be quite damaging to people when you just go in and want to be like, okay, I'm going to preach the gospel to you. You have to get saved and Jesus is the answer and this is how it is. Can that be quite damaging? I I
1: agree with you. I also think that it can be quite a sensitive topic and and Mm -hmm. I I am definitely one that believes in the power of the gospel, the mm. power of Jesus. And and I I say it all the time, but I believe when you truly encounter Jesus and the love of Jesus, that you do not walk away from that encounter the same.
0: Yeah.
1: But if we're thinking about the example that Jesus set in his gospel, it was a relational example. It was not a one encounter and then, walk away it was an encounter that transforms and changes Mm -hmm. you but then it's discipleship then it's follow-up then it's Mm. continued deepening relationship and if we are not as the church setting that example it following that example that he set, it can be quite damaging because then it becomes almost like a transactional interaction of i'm here to preach Mm. to you because I want to see you respond the way I think you should respond rather than I'm here to engage with you because I want to walk a longer journey with you and see you transform. Not because this one encounter makes me feel good, but because this one encounter may actually lead to you really seeing who you are, really changing, Mm. really being transformed. And, And I do see, I have, I have seen, a lot of damage done by those kind of once-off encounters with people where maybe promises were made and then never kept or or it, it almost turns into an opportunity for manipulation where okay, yes, I know you want me to say these things, you want me to pray this prayer, and maybe if I do, you give me food. So I'm just gonna say what you expect me to say mm-hmm. to get something from you. And it and it can be quite damaging. So it is a sensitive topic. But I think anybody who's going to the street to talk to people, even if it is for one encounter, they're going with (laughs) incredible motives because they want to see people's lives change. And I think that God can work through any and every encounter. Hmm. And maybe a seed needs to be planted by that one that will then come, will be watered by another and we all know that God gives the increase. So yes, I I I do think that we need to be careful mm. of our encounters and the motives behind our encounters. But also if God says go, go.
0: <laughs> mm yeah I love that thank you so much for sharing that because I think that it's just it is it is an important topic to talk about and I know that people do get sensitive about it but I think that it's it's wise to learn you know it's wise to learn how you know to connect with people and in this instance homeless people and what they are actually looking for when you've referred to the word relationship like continually throughout our conversation and that connection and that's something we need to reflect on and to think about if we're going to be doing this and then again that big challenge of saying, you know what? If God is calling you to it, then do it, and that's so powerful. And and I want to say thank you so much for spending this time with me because I feel like I've learned a lot. I believe the people listening have learned a lot, but also our hearts have been kind of warmed by the fact that the incredible human beings that God is calling to work with homeless people, like yourself, like your husband, like many of the other people that you are working with, and that are doing such incredible work. And I want to say thank you for that. And I want to say also, you know, how can how can people help you know your foundation how can people help rare to how you know this is a big work you know getting a home for these women and continuing to you know be loving and have that connection with them and also then you know having a home also means you need to have food and you need to to have skills development and everything like that so I would love for you just to share with us how can people connect with the foundation how can they help or even come alongside
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think the first thing I would say is if you feel that burden or kind of that cry of your heart is to reach out to these people and start by just seeing them, Mm. just making some form of connection, even if it's a small one, exactly where you are, whoever it is that you're encountering on a regular basis, see them, see them. And then kind of beyond that, maybe for our foundation right now, we are looking for a home to rent or purchase. And we are in the process of fundraising for this home that we are fully convinced God will provide. Mm. So that is a big need for us right now. There's a link on our Facebook page. I think it can also be accessed on our Instagram page for that, that fundraising link to find this house, this home for these ladies and then really prayer and, and just, you know, doing what you can where you are. Um, yeah, the, the, the home and the fundraising for the home is our biggest need right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's...
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Caitlin. And again, thank you for being with me today and may God just richly bless you. And we look forward to hearing, you know, that huge testimony of when God does really provide that home because I believe that he will. We're looking forward to hearing about that. So thank you so much, Caitlin, and take care and God bless. Thank
1: you.
0: Thank you, Lauren. I asked a question on my Instagram page and I said, what do homeless need, clothing or connection? And a lot of people got it right and said definitely connection and you know what it is true and in this we also know that we need to use a lot of wisdom i do know a lot of times that you know you can't just go out there and caitlin will tell you yourself you know you don't just take these things onto yourself and just want to go out there and just really just try and and get involved with homelessness and homeless people unless it's really really a calling and do it responsibly you know connect with places like rare tusana or even the u-turn service center you know, they do take donations and they do have ways that you can learn about the homeless people. Join with people who already have relationships. That's a very good way to start. If you want to help homeless people, you know, join in with people who have those connections, who already have those relationships. And again, like she said, don't you see it as kind of like a project? You know, oh, you are my project. I- I'm going to get you saved or I'm going to get you off the street or you are going to be in a success. And I know that sometimes, you know, that is not something that we are often aware of when we do these kind of things. But we know that, you know, if we're honest, we need to have the right heart when it comes to working with the homeless. And I'm really grateful for people like Caitlin and the U-Turn Center for everything that they are doing. So I really pray that the show has been a blessing to you. I pray that it has opened up, you know, your mindset a bit. And I always feel that when I have shows like this, that I learn a lot as well. And I'm empowered to know understand more and to realize you know that we are all human beings and we all have a journey of this life and even when we look at homeless people you know these are people and I'm inspired to know that we can look at them in the eye when we stop at that robot when we see people standing on the street it does feel awkward that maybe that's just what they need. So you know what? May God richly bless you. Thank you for being with me on the show. I've loved every single minute and this time always goes so quickly. So have a wonderful evening. May God bless you. Stay safe, stay blessed and I'll see you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.